Welcome to the Dear Rochester Retire Well Podcast with David Pulsini from Six Point Financial Partners. In this podcast, find your path towards a brighter financial future with David as your guide as he helps individuals, educators, and healthcare professionals explore ways they can build wealth while minimizing risk using a multifaceted, comprehensive approach to personal finance. Are you ready to take the first step towards a brighter financial tomorrow? Let's get started. Welcome back to Dear Rochester Retire Well. Today, we have a great one, folks. Matt Halloran is with us. Matt is the co-founder of Proudmouth, a company that helps clients, many of which are financial advisors, by the way, host, edit, produce, syndicate, get the word out, all of that stuff through podcasting. Matt, I know you've done this before. How are you today? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Yeah. So as a co-founder and owner of Proudmouth, tell us a little bit about your podcast background. What I'm trying to do, Matt, is build some credibility first before I start asking advisor questions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I started doing radio when I was, I was, it was the Madman Matt Halloran show. And uh, I remember getting done with the show and running into my, my advisor's office. And she said to me, I said, oh, Chris, her name's Christopher Patrick. I said, Chris, I know what I want to be when I grow up. And she said, yeah, you're going to have to find another job. And so it's really funny how full circle all of this has come, right? Uh, I've been a marketing consultant or a, a, a consultant practice management consultant for many, many, many years in financial services. Met my partner, Kirk Lowe, at a conference. And we decided to create a a product to help advisors stop being the best kept secret in their area. And now we've done uh, 5,000 episodes and about 75,000 social media posts for advisors with no compliance issues. And we're really, really trying to make it so that the advisor who's on Main Street is actually heard by the people who live on and by Main Street. I love it. So let let me back way up there. Does Chris know that you're doing this today? Your old advisor? Does Chris? Who's Chris? Isn't what? Chris your old, your old advisor? You said that you said you know what you want to do when you get older. Oh, uh, unfor- Oh, yeah. So yeah. So the, she's gone now. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. Okay. No, that's all right. Terrible. Uh, that's, sorry, you really just threw me off there for a second because you know I, you actually did a great hosting technique, which is bring somebody back to something they said earlier. No, actually, surprisingly enough, uh, I kept in touch with her all the way through college, and so okay. and then she she actually ended up passing away very unexpectedly. But her legacy is there. Uh, our old, my old high school radio station is named after her. But if there is anything after, I, I guarantee you she is smiling from ear to ear, knowing that she was wrong and yeah, uh, yeah. looking down on the fact that I'm behind the microphone eight hours a day, pretty much. That's awesome. So you, and now fast forward a little bit and something you said was you have done 5,000 podcast episodes, mostly with financial advisors, but I know you work with some other professionals. So, and you also mentioned a background as an advisor coach. Mm-hmm. And again, can you explain what that is to our listeners just so that they know how you work with advisors? So what makes a great financial advisor a lot of times doesn't always make him the best business person. And so I used to focus on working with male and female financial services professionals to help them run their practice more effectively. So everything from marketing, communication, team building, employee reviews, what their physical space looked like. So I was a really a truly holistic financial services consultant where I looked at everything. Um, my background is actually as a therapist. So I actually have my master's degree as a therapist. And so I would talk about things and do things very very differently than other financial services consultants because I never was a financial advisor. David, I've never done that. I've never held any of those licenses or anything. I would always come into it from a very communicative human approach to make sure that they were making their clients feel the way that they wanted them to feel in that client experience. Awesome. So, and the reason I wanted to say that, Matt, is because the point of today's podcast to get some value to the listeners is what, what can they expect from advisors? So from a guy who's been a therapist, you mm-hmm. were a coach 
you've done 5,000 podcasts with mostly advisors from around the country. If, and I know this is a wildly open-ended question, but I'll just let you take it because you've done 5,000 podcasts. You know what you're doing. <laughs> what, what should an advisor, what should a client or a prospective client expect from a financial advisor? In your opinion, I'll let you take that anywhere you want to. I don't know if you're ready for this answer because it's simpler than you might think it is. Okay. The greatest advisors listen. They don't listen to respond. They listen to listen. An advisor has to be able to meet you where you're at and then provide you with guidance on where you want to go. Right. Most advisors, a lot of advisors are, are salespeople in their core. Right. And I'm not saying that that's bad, but the evolution of the advisor nowadays. So when I got into this industry, uh, very early 2000s, it was all sales, 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 sales. What do you do? What do you do? Prospects, prospects. It's actually changed a lot because I think advisors have realized that the human component of their practice is what makes them better than the advisor down the street. Your advisor should know every single solitary thing about you, your family, your goals, your dreams, your struggles, your superpower. And the only way that they're ever going to do that is by having a real conversation with you. Do they still need to sell stuff? You know what? Absolutely. And here's why. Because some of you (laughs) need to be motivated to do the right thing uh, because some of you aren't necessarily making the wisest financial decisions. There are products and services that are offered to help you live a better life. But it's got to be that communication, David. You need to have an advisor who's going to sit down, shut up, give you a comfortable space to share you with that advisor. I love it. So, I mean, and everybody's heard this before. My advisor got me 16%. My advisor got me 22%. I, in my opinion, Matt, I don't know if you share this. It's, that is such a commodity now. I don't think one advisor is truly always picking the best funds, one thing over another, but it seems to be what folks are stuck on probably from years of stock market brokers and advisors that have to sell stuff. And by the way, I was one of those guys, Matt, you could call me the the reformed sales guy, maybe. (laughs) Well, you just said something though, and I'm going to highlight this before we, we get off of it, which is we have a, a problem, and this is why we want advisors to podcast, or it doesn't matter, podcast, shoot video, because you do it all. You do video, you do newsletters, you do all of this. If your client communication is fantastic, but we want advisors to do that because you listen to the news, it's the play-by-play of what the Dow did, the S&P, the NASDAQ, right? That doesn't mean anything to anybody who's listening to this at all, right? If you have an actual financial plan in place, you don't have to worry about what the hell's going on in the market right now, because hopefully your advisor has either have uh, short-term bonds, cash equivalents, whatever, in order for you to weather blips that are in the market. That sort of, my advisor got me 22%. Okay. So number one, how did they do that? Number two, is it true? Because a lot of times it's not true, right? Because that would be 22% without taking into account all of the fees that you, like for instance, if you're a financial advisor, you're going to charge a fee for service. That is fine. That is legal. Doctors do it. They just do it in a different way, right? But a lot of people don't understand that some of the products and services have internal fees built into those also, right? And so all of a sudden, oh my gosh, that 22% is really like 12 right? Mm-hmm. And then are you beating the rate of inflation and are you really beating the S&P? You're not. That is the wrong focus. The right focus is, am I on track with my savings and my, my, goal, my retirement goal 
to be able to hit my retirement goal. Am I on track? If the market craps at 30% today, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. Sorry. Just, but anyway, the market drops 30% today. Am I still going to be on track? Well, yeah, because we know how quickly the market generally recovers and over time, historically, that it will get back to normal within, what is it, nine to 12 months, right? These are the sorts of things that just drive me crazy that people have the wrong focus. They look at you as salespeople. They look at you who are people who are trying to eke out a couple extra percentage points. That's not what I want you for. I want you to help me stay focused on the long term so I can achieve my goals and live the retirement I've always dreamed. I love it. Uh, and I recently met, I, I won't pick on any advisors specifically, but the rate of return thing came up because I saw, I, re- I recently saw somebody's statement, they brought it in and said, I, I got this rate of return. Well, when was that, by the way? <laughs> advisors can pick the time, right? Like I can run a report from any time to any time right. to make it look good if I wanted to, or if the market was down a couple of days ago, maybe you run it, you know, so we just have to be careful. And I don't know why I'm talking about rates of return so much. I don't talk about this that much typically. Well, even no, but you meeting. hear it, dude. That's the thing, right? So people will come in and that's the, the two questions you guys get asked all the time is what are your fees and what, what, what is your performance? Oh my God. So you can take a Monte Carlo simulation just for your listeners to know this. There's this software, it's called Monte Carlo. And the Mon- and by the way, that's magnificent because yeah. it's gambling, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the Monte Carlo simulation, they, that can be manipulated so easily to show great rates of return. And mm-hmm. by the way, you have to say as a financial services professional, past performance is not indicative or promissory of future results. So what happened before when you come in with a 22% rate of return? One, it's questionable. And then number two, is that actually what's going to happen in the future? I can't tell you. I really can't, nor should I, because that's not what our focus should be. That's right. So my question is, Matt, going all the way back to when you said an advisor should communicate, I've learned over thousands of meetings. It's the same thing typically in a first meeting every time. What brings you in today in some roundabout way, right? Maybe after some small talk, what brings you in today? Open-ended. That usually takes somebody 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. Then I say, have you met with an advisor before? Mm-hmm. They'll either say yes or no. Most of the time it's yes. And even if they've just bought a product or a service or something, they've, they've now met with an advisor and they'll, or they think they've met with an advisor. Then I'll say, what did you like about what they've done? And we're quiet. What do you think they could have improved? Mm-hmm. And the improvement is almost always the same thing. And it's, I didn't hear from that person a lot, or I didn't get appointments or, or they didn't do all of my stuff. I just kind of opened an account with them. They didn't introduce me to attorneys or CPAs, or they didn't mm-hmm. take me through my full financial planning. They didn't know anything about Medicare, social security, all that stuff. Right. But the communication is a big one for us. And Matt, you know that about our practice, but yeah. what, if a listener is out there right now saying, I don't really hear from my advisor a lot, in your opinion, working with so many advisors and so many pockets, how often should a client truly hear from their advisor? Well, that's a, I don't yeah. know if anybody's actually officially asked me that question. Well, there we go. That, that's, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and I know it's different and it's all over the place, right? If you have somebody with a billion dollars you're working with versus somebody with $10,000 in a Roth IRA, it may be different. Right. But I, well, it, it's so, so yeah. So I think we should qualify that in it's, well, I think you should qualify in a lot of different ways. So it really is, where are you at in the stages of life? So that's the number one, most mm-hmm. important thing. If you're 26 years old and you're saving $2,500 a month into whatever, you don't need to hear from your advisor much at all, right? You should probably just should check in with you once or twice a year, honestly, once or twice a year, because your focus shouldn't be on, your focus should be on saving, but not all of the other stuff. You know, you need to make sure when you're, when you're, you know, under 30, you got the life insurance in place. 
Uh, you got disability insurance, but you got all of those things in place. So that's generally kind of an intensive upfront communication. And then what we refer to as more maintenance communication. Hey, how you doing? You have any questions? Are you making any major purchases? But that should really be twice a year, formally twice a year, generally over the phone, sometimes in person. But when you're getting closer to retirement, you really should be see, hearing from your advisor a lot more. So post 50, David, I, I really think that monthly communication. Now, mm-hmm. let me clarify what monthly communication is too, because monthly communication isn't that advisor picking up the phone and calling you and checking in. It's that you should know that the advisor is listening to you, paying attention. And they're proactively communicating with you about what's going on. Now that can be video like you do. You shoot awesome mm-hmm. videos. That could be a podcast. You do a damn good podcast. That could be a newsletter. That could be a personalized email. That could be a a conference call. It could be a, a WebEx or a, a Zoom meeting. That's the sort of stuff, but that's for lots of stuff need to happen before you retire, oh, yeah. dude, right? So yeah. uh, you're going to have a little bit more of an intensive communication strategy. I think the most aggressive ones I've ever seen, so I've probably coached about a thousand advisors as you've done thousands of meetings. Um, the most successful ones, they have a communication plan. And, and, and they tell the client, here's the communication plan. Here is what I'm going to talk about. Here's when I'm going to, here's the mediums that you can get that content in. And then if you need me, here's my number. No doubt. Right? I love it. I love it. And it's, it, that's, Matt, through thousands of meetings, I've just learned that that's what, so I ask those questions. So if any listeners out there are wondering what a first meeting's like, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Those questions, that takes us most of the meeting anyway, because after we get through that, but, but then I can slide across, and we've talked about this before, that service calendar, right? I can say, hey, in January, here's what you're going to hear from us or when, and here's where I'm going to tell you what we're going to talk about. Like, happy new year, new tax law changes. Let's get this, this, and this done. In February, it's this. In March, it's this. Now, if something happened, Russia and Ukraine situation, right? That morning, we sent out a video from a fund manager, just somebody's thoughts, mostly letting our clients just know, hey, that we're thinking about you. If you have any questions, reach out. But I love being proactive because at least our clients know we're working, right? We're not out. I'm not out playing golf seven days a week, 14 hours a day. So I love the proactive communication. And then it always allows the client to just hit reply and very easily and say, Hey guys, I was was thinking this, this, and this. One other thing that I like that I've seen advisors do, and we, we adopted this maybe a few years ago was the different triggers in somebody's life, right? So if they're 64 years old, 64 and three quarters, guess what? They're going to get an email saying, hey, it's time to enroll for Medicare. At 61 and three quarters, hey, you might want to consider social security, but let's go through that, run an analysis to see which Mm -hmm. one makes the most sense for you. Mm -hmm. So all those little triggers along the way, it's already in our calendar, Matt. So I'm not saying this is a, we're awesome or anything. I'm just, I know that you are, I'll say it, right? You you can, (laughs) you don't need to say it at all. And, And I want your listeners to understand that, that what, what Six Points is doing is not normal in the world of financial services because they're taking that second part of that word, services, and they're taking it very, very seriously, right? This is you, David, love to talk and to help and educate people. That's who you are to your core, right? And I think your clients feel that. And very simply, you know, if you listeners have friends and family out there who you know we're not getting this sort of experience. I believe it is your responsibility to make a referral and to make an introduction, most likely do a podcast or send some of the videos on, because this is the sort of financial experience you should have. After working with thousands of advisors, you are abnormal in a magnificent way. 
Thanks, man. I, I didn't mean to turn it into that, but I appreciate it. <laughs> I really well, do. You know what? I, I don't I don't get to do these very often, right? So I'm usually, you know, I'm not usually sitting on the phone with a, an advisor who I've watched your journey, right? You and I have a, a substantial amount of communication between us. And, you know, you know what it's like to consume good content from people that you trust. And and I think that, that I think your people are doing the same thing. Yeah. And, and it's what we can do, right? A lot of advisors get stuck with uh, a certain company that maybe they're just not allowed to do that stuff. That's right. Which, which is, I feel badly for those yeah. advisors. Yeah. Because they just can't. And there are a lot of good, I have friends that work at those firms that they just literally cannot do the stuff we're doing like a podcast or videos or white papers or the doodle videos that are all about education. I like it because people can consume it. Right. And then they can choose whether they like Dave or not ahead of time along with yeah. our team. If, if they like us, great. And we do get, we, we've noticed a lot of the, for the listeners of this podcast, a lot of people have been reaching out recently, just saying, Hey, what, what's the first meeting look like with you guys? So that's, I kind of wanted to mention that too. Yeah. So, so we've got good listeners. So back to the point of the podcast, Matt, what can people, what should they expect from an advisor? Number one, a great listener, which I love. And I did not expect that, although it's absolutely true. Number two, some sort of proactive communication. Right? Is there anything else that you can think of off the top yeah, of your head? That- absolutely, dude. Technology, right? That's the other thing that I think is really, really important. There's a strange number that came across my day. 68% of people's financial life is online. Wow. 68. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so how is your advisor helping you with that? Do they even know about it? Yeah. Right. Do they know that you have Mint or Robin Hood or Rob, you know, any of those acorns, all of those yeah. sorts of things, right? <laughs> those are really, really important for you as the client to talk to your advisor about, because if they don't have the full financial picture, they can't provide you with the great advice. The other thing, it should be, it should be very easy to access your stuff. Right. Whether that's through a portal, through an app or whatever, man, I go to a lot of conferences that are financial services tech. Unfortunately, our industry is rather slow moving with that because of everybody's terrified of, you know, that one bad player. But I think there's some great technology out there that can really help your client experience, at least make you feel like you're a little bit more plugged in and feel like you have a little bit more control just from a knowledge standpoint of what's going on. But those are really the three well, you know what? There's one more. I'm sorry. I got to say one more. It's all, you also want to make sure that they have a good team, right? Yep. If your financial advisor has a new assistant every seven months, <laughs> something's wrong there, right? And it's not the team member. All right. I'm going to tell you a quick story, Dave. So I was working with this very, very large top three in this company that will remain nameless, but they're on every street corner in the United States, right? And it's a dude's name, right? Anyway, so two dudes names anyway. And so I'm in her office and I'm meeting with her team because the company had paid me to go in to find out what was going on. And, and I met with the advisor and she said, Matt, I just can't retain people. It's like, okay, let me, let me go talk to people and find out what's going on. And every single solitary, one of them was like, she's terrible. Like she's the tyrant. She expects perfection, which is impossible. You know, we look for accuracy. We don't look for perfection. I think she had burned through in a year and a half, nine people. Wow. Right. And so I went back and I sat down with her and and she said, okay, well, what did they tell you? I said, it's not what they told me. It's, it's what they're what I'm seeing, because I didn't want to get anybody in trouble. Of course. What yeah. I'm actually seeing from your, you know, because I had a rec- HR records and all that. It's like, the problem's you. 
oh, well, I'm a great advisor. I didn't say you weren't a great advisor. You're just a terrible manager and you're evil. Uh, and so, you know, I love that. I think that's really important. The, if your advisor has had somebody with them for a really, really long time, there's a reason for that. That's because the loyalty needs to not just be as you as a client, but also the other people who help provide that great client experience, which by the way, isn't always have to be the advisor. It can be your advisor's right. assistant, junior wealth advisors, any of those people, they're all here to help you as the client and having that perspective is important too. So Matt, what's the saying? People practice and process. Yeah. That's it, it's so true. Right? Yep. Our, our man Duncan, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> he's, he's the best, but the, it, it is true. And, and a lot of folks don't think of that. They just think, Oh, my neighbor's got an advisor. They talked about him. Let me go talk to that person. That is why I start with my list of questions and what should yeah. the first meeting look like and all of this, because I want to, I truly want to help everybody. I can't, you can't work with everybody. You can work with whoever you can work with. You can grow a team, but this is stuff that people aren't thinking of. They just want, I just need to get my IRA over there because I need somebody to talk to. It happens all the time. You know that. So the behind the scenes stuff, how is that advisor running their business? What does their process look like? What are their systems? What are their communication plans? Are they good listeners? Some folks just go into a meeting and you know this, man. And they're just like, you know, I just need somebody else to take over so I can have someone to call. Right. I guess that's okay, but there is another level, no doubt about it. So yeah, yeah, I appreciate all that, Matt. So is there, for, for our listeners, I want to ask you this one last question because you've done so many podcasts and I feel like I'd be doing them a disservice if I didn't ask this question to a guy like you. For people, I have a lot of, we have a lot of clients. I have a very large email list. We have a lot of listeners on this podcast. I've got a firm, all of my team sends it out to their folks. This is a funny question, but is there any like podcast listening tips that you might have? Because listen, we're in financial planning. Like for somebody to sit around and listen to a social security podcast for 20 minutes, I actually broke mine up into a few different episodes because I know it's too much at once. Podcast listening tips. Mine is I was listening to it in the car and I, I absorb sure. it very well. Other folks, when they're trying to listen to a financial planning, I can't mow the lawn or work out. I see a lot of, a lot of people are listening to podcasts while they're working yeah. out or something. I, I can't focus on this stuff when I'm doing those things. I have to be kind of driving or doing something, not that I'm mindless driving, but something almost mindless. <laughs> yeah. So podcast listening tips, technology, anything that you guys have coming or any thoughts you have on that? Well, I think, I think the greatest listening tip is you should learn one thing from every show you listen to. That's all. That's all. Screw everything else. Right. People, you know, fiercely taking notes. And that's great if you're in that ability. Right. But people listen to podcasts when they're exercising, when they're driving to work, you know, when they're cooking dinner, when they're getting ready. Those are the four. We know that. That's why an ideal podcast like this 27 minutes, because that's why we know our research shows that that's where people consume podcasts. But if you're passively listening, if you're cooking dinner, whatever, you got the podcast in the background, actively try to glean one new piece of information. Now, you might have to filter through five or seven points, right? But try to just glean that one thing. And David, as a fellow podcaster, people are going to remember about 20% of what you say anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I also believe that as a podcaster, it's very important for us to be somewhat repetitive. And really good podcasters have the same talking points that they're going to weave through because they want to make sure that you understand that, that that could be the one thing that you've heard it 90 times, but you glean that. You know, for those of us who listen to music, which I think probably a lot of people do, you know, I was just, I, I'm a huge Led Zeppelin fan. So I was listening to all of the, I own everything Led Zeppelin's ever done. And I was listening to uh, Led Zeppelin two uh, recently, actually yesterday when I was doing some work and I heard something in a song I hadn't heard before. 
you know how many times I've heard that freaking yeah. song, dude? Yeah. But for some reason, my listening was in a different place or I was taking a pause. That's really important. The other thing that I think is really, really great from a podcast listening is find a player that the user interface makes sense to you. Yes. Spotify is the number one player. And the reason why is because so many people use Spotify. It's their user interface is so simple to use, right? But find something that you really like and that's convenient and you know you're going to check. And that's easy. So Matt, for, for our listeners, we probably have, I'm going to say a third of our listeners, this is me guessing, I can't do a full research on this, are other financial advisors mm-hmm. or minimally other professionals, especially a lot of our guests that listen to our podcast. So are you guys at Proudmouth, by the way, full disclosure, I use Proudmouth. I, I don't get paid for asking Matt this question. He doesn't even know what I'm going to ask him. Now he kind of does. But uh, are, are you taking on new clients, number one? And number two, if they wanted to reach out to you, how can they get a hold of you? And what does your process look like? So we have a very, very structured process here. So yeah. the first thing is, is please don't ever call anybody at our company unless one, you're following us on LinkedIn. So that's either me, my business partner, Kirk Lowe, or Proudmouth, the company page. Please make sure you scroll through our stuff. It's just a huge waste of your time and ours if you have no idea really what we offer. So there's number one. Number two, listen to a podcast, right? I've had, dude, I have calls of people like, well, I don't listen to podcasts. Okay. Well, then you're a terrible candidate uh, because you know you should probably like the medium you're going to use in order to do it. So our major focus right now is to to work with experts who are tired of being the best kept secret. So we specifically have started in financial services because that's what our background is. My partner and I, that's what our background is. And it's also the most highly regulated industry, David, in the world. And so we knew if we could be successful with financial advisors and produce over 5,000 episodes, we could probably do it for attorneys and CPAs. That's really our next focus. So if this is an attorney or a CPA listening to this and they want to do something that nobody else in your field is really no kidding, we could do that for you because we have all of the systems and processes in place. Takes 30 days. I'll just say this, this is my last thing. If you said yes to podcasting today, you would go through our entire discovery process where we build everything for you, cover art, intro, outro, all of those things. And then within 30 days, your first episode goes live. And so it is, we're very structured. We're very, we're very high volume shop, but we're also very high touch. We have over 30 people who work for our organization and all of them are client facing. They're all to help people like you, David. Yeah. And and listen, if you're a business owner listening to this, or your spouse is a business owner, your brother, your sister, your parents are business owners. My big thing, Matt, was the fear of missing out. We've talked about this and I didn't want another advisor to beat me to the Rochester retirement podcasting thing, right? So it's the same with any small business attorneys. What an opportunity. I don't know if any podcast that an attorney is doing full-time or part-time or anytime. I just just met with the largest litigating marketing firm right before this call. And then you had to talk to me. I'm sorry, Matt. It's all right. No, but but (laughs) trying to convince this guy that his litigator should podcast, he's still marketing like it's, as my kids would say, the 1900s, right? <laughs> and, and, and there aren't enough people podcasting. It's just that simple. Not in the world of professions. When it comes to murder mysteries and stuff like that, yeah, there's lots of them. But when it comes to professional advice where you could go to learn something that's important for you to live a better life, podcasting is the key. And as a business owner, this is how you give back and build relationships. I love it. So Matt, we talked about what should the listeners expect? And we talked about a lot more, but a good listener, the communication, proactive communication. We talked about the people on their team and the practice. And then we talked about technology. Yeah. 
Those are awesome points, man. How can our listeners get a hold of you? LinkedIn? Fo- yeah, follow me on LinkedIn, everybody. Okay. I'm I am very, very active daily, posting high quality stuff, uh, lots of videos, just it's all education. So follow me, Matt Hallern on LinkedIn. If you literally type that in, I've been on LinkedIn. Yes. So long, dude. Uh, it's been a long time, but I, I exist on other social media platforms. But I, if you wanted to actually communicate with me, LinkedIn would be the most effective. Or yeah, I mean, you can go to proudmouth.com, which is our website, and find out more there. I love it, Matt. Ladies and gentlemen, that is, this is a podcasting legend, Matt Halloran. And for now, make it a great day. Thank you for listening to the Dear Rochester Retire Well podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Six Point Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Content here is for illustrative and educational purposes only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of Six Point Financial Partners. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, Private Client Services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Six Point Financial Partners or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, Six Point Financial Partners, and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.